0: Gus Fausto.
1: What's going on, boss? Hey,
0: can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, I I can hear you clearly. Can you hear me fine?
0: You bet. That way we can savor your wisdom and insight. This is Jim English, and welcome to the Who Gives a Shit Files. And we have a new person on who I'm very excited. A man I've known for about 15, going on 20 years now. His name is... Gus Fausto, and he is an old-time Laker fan, and we used to talk Lakers when we were coworkers. Gus, give us like a thumbnail sketch of your background. I know you played basketball in high school, but tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Well, my name's Gus Fausto, um, fifty-one years old. Uh, started being a Laker fan, I would say, in the mid '80s. Uh, Specifically, the 86 season is when I really started getting into the Lakers and and basketball in general. So I became obsessed with both NCAA and NBA basketball after the 80s. Professionally speaking, I'm an executive account manager for a health organization that I won't name. That I think Jim Jim knows pretty well. Um, But yes, been a fan of basketball for many years. Uh, My favorite player was James Worthy. And how many years is that? 1985. Yeah, that's close to 40 years of basketball knowledge here.
0: (laughs) Yes. And that's what we want to tap into. And Gus and I were co-workers at Kaiser. If you listen to my podcast, you know that uh, I worked with, uh, I worked for Kaiser for a long time and Gus is still there and he's still holding down the fort with me. So Gus, you've now been appointed the Laker consultant to the Who Gives a Shit Files. So we appreciate you being on here and congratulations of your new appointment. What do you think of the team this year before we get into the specifics of last game? What do you think of the team?
1: I think that I was, I was relieved that they left the core from last year pretty much intact. I thought that that Palenka did a nice job with the Russell trade to, to build a nice roster. So, I'm very happy with how the second half of last season went. Obviously, you know losing to the to the Nuggets, you know that that's not what I expected. But it, the Lakers were a form; they had a formidable roster, and we kept that core intact. I, I so we kept that core intact, and I think that was the biggest thing that I think this Lakers team has a lot of depth, that we have a lot of players across the board. Really glad we came Austin Reeves because normally we would lose a guy like Austin Reeves. You know, the past Lakers would have got rid of him or he would have signed a big contract somewhere else. But I do think that this is a promising year. And I know that we'll talk about yesterday's game in a bit. But I, I think the biggest thing for the Lakers was to pretty much hold it stable. We are relying on our big dogs you know Anthony Davis and LeBron James to keep stay healthy. I think that's going to be the key for this season. Is the health of those two guys, uh, but but that's kind of what I think. I'm kind of glad they kept it together.
0: Yeah, I I agree. A couple of things is over the last couple of years, I've been slamming Rob Polinka about the roster he's put together. You know, like two years ago and a year ago, him and Jeannie Bus. I've been merciless about berating them. And now I have to take it back, Gus, because I have to tell you, you know, now that LeBron and my perception is that LeBron has stepped away from the general manager job and he ceded that to Rob Polinka, He has put together a roster that I think is going to be pretty good. Um, First of all, I love, you know, with Anthony Davis, and I'd like to get your take on this, Gus, is with Anthony Davis and the fact that he misses many games during the year, he, you know, only makes about 50, 45 to 50 games over the last couple of years. We have a couple of really solid backup centers In Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood, who I think can do a very good job of filling in for him. I mean, these guys are big, they're athletic, and they're young. What are your thoughts on the backup center, Gus?
1: You know what? I was actually surprised that we were able to get the quality of backup centers that we got. Because I'm with you, too, that I do think that Anthony Davis is probably going to miss a minimum of fifteen to twenty games this season. It's it's he's very in, injury prone, and it is going to be critical that that both these guys. I think who was it? Christian Wood, the one that came from the was the Dallas. I believe he was on the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, this guy was averaging twenty points a game just not so long ago, and it's a steal. It's a steal. So I think that there, there probably is a little bit of a gamble. That there's probably some things in Dallas that occurred that he lost a little bit of his value. I also think that the big men in the NBA, if you're thinking about Yama, is a little under, underrated, right? We don't value the big men. I think there might be three or four good big men in the league. The rest of them are pretty, pretty much journeymen or, or I don't want to I don't want to say garbage, but something something's happened in the league where we don't value running backs in the NFL or centers in the NBA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, Gus, that's an excellent comparison because that's the way it is. You know, you're talking Christian Wood, right, who averaged almost 18 points a game last year, 7.5 rebounds a game, and we got him, Pelinka got him for under $3 million. And I have to tell you, that's like chump change, Gus, that you find in an NBA couch. That is nothing compared to the salary cap. And then Jackson Hayes is young. He's 23. He's not skilled, but he can run and he can dunk and he can jump. So I love, repeat, love the backup centers now for the, for the Los Angeles Lakers, knowing you're, you know, that you're right, best case scenario, he misses 20 games, maybe 15. That's the best case scenario. And you have to build that into the composition of your roster. And that's exactly what they did. So I'm excited about the big men. What do you think about the wings that they've got now, their cadre of wings?
1: You know what? Again, I think that the this, this team has a lot of depth across the board that that i'm a big fan of austin reeves so austin reeves he's he reminds me of like a poor man kind of danny Ainge kind of guy right super smart can hit the three clutch um i think he's the perfect fit to lebron james both, both cerebral type of players i think they love playing with each other i was a little yesterday's game was a little weird where they weren't on the court together that often, or I wish they were on the court together more often. But I do think that the, the wings, uh, uh, the, the Lakers are kind of a unique team that they're very long, right? That we have some really big, some really big guys on this squad that we have what gave Vincent as a guard and Who's, who's, who are the other kind of guys? uh...
0: So you got Gabe Vincent, you know, you got um, Rui Hachimura, who's, you know, 6'8", who can do power forward, or he can play the wing. You have Vanderbilt, who is a, you know, a good, solid player. You have, who else do you have on the wing there for the Lakers? Cam Reddish, right? Cam Reddish, he's a good player. And then you have Tareem Prince, who is also a good player, you know, and, you know, you have those like interchangeable wings because it's really essential now in this NBA. And I like your thoughts on this to not only shoot the three and all these guys are between like 36 and 42 percent three point shooters, but they're also long enough. Between six five and six eight, and you got five of them that can guard the perimeter as well, guys. And that is becoming essential in the success of an NBA team is not only hitting the three, but guarding the three. What are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I agree, and I'm a big fan of 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 uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and also Torian. So Tor- the pick of Torian Prince. He's not. He's a nice player, and like you said, these folks—they're all put it this way—that what a difference a couple of years make. That LeBron James obviously is our oldest player. All these guys are in the prime, or even under their prime. That the oldest guy at this point is Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis, thirty years old, is not called LeBron the oldest guy on your team. Everybody else is in their in their twenties, and some of them in their early twenties. But like you mentioned. Uh, back in the 80s, I think what made the Lakers so uh, um, so dominant was that they had a lot of tall guys that could do a lot of switching and guard a lot of dudes. So you had a, a James Worthy and an AC Green, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, who were all basically six, seven to seven feet tall, kind of the same size guys. So when they switched, you weren't really losing much, you know, kind of defensive-minded players. I think what we're seeing on this Laker team is similar. That uh, LeBron, LeBron, and all these other guys are are right there, man. The, I think the shortest guy on the squad is Gabe Vincent at six two. You know, everybody else is freaking big. So I do think that's going to be one of our advantages here. And I love the defensive minds uh, mind state that, that 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 Ham has for this team. I could tell that they're playing D out there. I'm telling you, yesterday Torrey and Prince to me really impressed me. I, I I see good things from him. I'm surprised that Vanderbilt didn't play because really like that guy as well. But those two in particular, well, and also Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is in line to be potentially Defensive Player of the Year this year. So if he stays ooh, healthy,
0: ooh. I think he could be Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> I love that. And by the way, I love your comparison to the to the. Uh, to the Laker team of the 1980s. Cause I have to tell you with the exception of the dream team in 92 that went to the Olympics. Okay. I think my opinion, now I'm a Laker fan and I've been a Laker fan since 1960. And I think that that is the best team in the history of the NBA. Okay. Because you have, you know, Magic and you had Byron Scott and you had Kareem and you had Worthy and you had AC Green and Rambus and um, Michael Thompson and maybe the best defensive player in the history of basketball, which is Michael Cooper and, you know, the reason that they didn't dominate is because you had, in my opinion, Gus, the second best team in the history of the NBA, which was Bird, McHale, Parrish, Ainge, and DJ. Right. I mean, you know, D, it, you know once again, I, you know... I am absolutely prejudiced towards the Lakers, okay? And a lot of people would say, well, it could be the Celtics in the 60s. It could be the Jordan of the of the 90s. But who is going to guard James Worthy and Magic Johnson and Kareem? It just can't be done. It can't be done, Gus.
1: No, no. Again, those, that was the heyday of when I started liking basketball, I actually – James Worthy was – was my favorite player loved how quick he was for his size. And, and you're absolutely right that at some point there was a lot of comparisons between like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen against magic and Curry and, and Worthy. And frankly, I didn't think that that Scottie Pippen was in Worthy's class when it came to offensively. And this is, and I'm talking about mid, mid to late eighties, Scottie Pippen became a beast I think more in the in the in the in the, in the 90s yeah but, but back in the 80s I th- I think that that Worthy was the guy and I'm with you in regards to that that Boston team and you forgot Bill Walton coming off the bench oh
0: yes big Bill
1: they had, yeah they had a couple studs there and 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 those two teams I think the 86 Boston team and the 87 Laker team probably two of the greatest squads in the history of the game and and you're right, I think they each probably have like five Hall of Famers on the squad. So it's, it's, it's what happened to the good old days, right? When you had all the good guys on the same teams.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I, in these podcasts, and this is the first one you've done, and I've done like probably 75 NBA podcasts, maybe even more, because I love the NBA. And I love waxing nostalgia about what happened in the past, because the Lakers have a glorious past. And I have to tell you, Gus, that two years ago, I thought it would be a decade before they're relevant. But I think with this roster, the way it's constructed with the big wings, with the backup centers, with AD, and with uh, with LeBron, you know, and Reeves, I expect Reeves to have a big year, I think they're very, very relevant. And I think they're going to make the conference finals again. I mean, it's just astounding considering where they were, Gus, one year ago, exactly a year ago when they got off to a two and 10 start.
1: Yeah, Jim, imagine if I, I think we may have spoken in December of last year and we weren't feeling the same way that we were feeling this now, right? Oh. When, when we had Westbrook and we had. Dwight Howard and we had Beverly and all these guys and it just felt like we were trying to relive, relive the relive the past and had a bunch of old guys that couldn't shoot. The the roster was really poorly constructed. And then I don't know, I don't know what Palenka did. He pulled a rabbit out of a hat, right? To get a bunch of dude when he when he signed Rui, Hachimura. I love Rui. When I saw it, that was I think the, one of the first trades. And I was like, you know what? That guy reminded me a lot of like a he has the build kind of like a LeBron James. Like, well, this guy's kind of built a little bit like LeBron. And he has the hands of like a Kawhi Leonard. So he's kind of a mix between LeBron and Kawhi. And it reminded me of, of roster building that we had back in the days when we would get guys like a, a Rick Fox or a, a Robert Ori, these type of guys to kind of fill in the blanks for the, the superstars. And I thought that was what I like, go. Well, now, this is a solid NBA starter right here or backup. Because there, there, there were times when we look at our roster, and there was guys like, who the hell are these guys? They're not going to be in the league much longer. And I think that that Westbrook trade, it just, well, like you said, I got my hats off to Palenka for for pulling this off because you're right. In one year, we went from from uh, uh, trying to win <laughs> the Yama's sweepstakes to freaking. Uh, potentially winning a championship. I think it's gonna be hard though, man. I, I will tell you this because uh, that Denver Nugget team, there's no that that guy, the Joker, he's no joke, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's in a whole nother league. We'll talk about the game in a minute in Denver, but I want to yeah. I want I want to talk a little more about like some of the individual Lakers. Like Rui I love because he can guard a power forward he can guard a wing. He's really good defensive player. You're right. He goes to the hoop. Now, he's a streaky three-point shooter. And if I remember last year in the conference semifinals, I mean, he was hotter than hell. Yes. Him and Vanderbilt helped, you know. And, you know, when you have this much depth, especially at wing – Cause let's face it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wing game. You said that it's not nearly the big man emphasis that there was. I love your analogy with the running back, by the way, that's exactly what it is. You know, you need them, but you don't need a great one. And, but you have all these other wings. I mean, Toreen Prince, I mean, he can shoot. What was he four for four from three point land last night? And he can shoot and he can play defense. So I, I love the wings. And you know who I think is gonna have who had a great preseason, who's gonna have one of his best season in years is D'Angelo Russell. Now he didn't play very well last night, but I think Gus, the way he took the mantle of leadership in the preseason. You know, he was telling people where to go. He was a coach on the on the on the premises. He's I believe he's twenty eight or twenty-nine, so he's still young enough to be athletic, but I think he's left his immaturity and drama. I think that's a thing of the past. So what are your thoughts on on D And what kind of year do you think he's gonna have? So
1: so that, that that's a good call out because I do think that D'Angelo Probably the biggest question mark, in my opinion, on the Lakers, because I do love his game. Every time I turn around, he's hitting a clutch three or hitting some type of three, but he could disappear in games, Jim. So that's the thing about D Rust that he's very inconsistent. You know, I know in the playoffs last year, especially against the 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 Jazz, uh, I mean the Nuggets, he disappeared on us, right? It's like in the in the biggest stage, and I think he might have been dealing with some type of injury. But I do think that he might be the biggest X factor for this team because he is a borderline kind of all-star point guard. You know, when he's cooking, he can score with the best of them. He does have a command for for for, 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 for the game. Um, but it's just consistency. He needs to do it every single night, you know? And defensively, he is probably our biggest liability or one of our biggest liability. The man does not play... D, you know, um, uh, this so I don't know if well, Dennis Shooter last year he was the backup we, to Russell, yeah, we're gonna miss him a little bit. So that's sure. that's the, that's the one guy that I wish didn't go because Shooter he played great defense, uh, he made some clutch buckets for us. I think the guy even won the, the FIBA gold medal, if I'm not mistaken, and was the MVP of the freaking. <laughs> of of, of FIBA but he is the one guy that that he could spell for Russell and I felt that we didn't lose much you know I'm hoping well if D'Angelo Russell has an all-star year maybe this will be a moot point and hopefully Gabe Vincent can kind of back him up but I do think that the Lakers will go as D'Angelo Russell goes if he plays that kind of just if just below all-star level I think we'll be all right you know but he needs to hit some, but but he just needs a little bit more consistency. He
0: he does. You're right. You're right. And you know you don't get this type of insight on just any podcast, guys. You know, when you come on, man, we get insight because you're absolutely a hundred percent right. The two things that plague D'Angelo Russell is consistency because he can be spectacular or he can stink the place up. Yep. Yeah. Also, too, he is not committed to the defensive end. Okay. He's decent on the perimeter, but most point guards just blow right by him. You know, they just, you know, he's just not explosive either offensively or de- defensively. And hopefully he can make that up with savvy, maturity, and consistency. So, So uh, what any other thoughts before we get to the game? And I'm going to see what you think the prediction is for your prediction for how the Lakers do this year. Is is there any other Lakers you would like to talk about? Would you like to talk about more about Reese, who, by the way, was the second leading scorer on our FIBA team last, you know, this summer? You know, so last year wasn't an aberration. Because he played great international ball, Gus.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Austin Reeves actually started over Brandon Ingram on that team. So imagine imagine that. You know? Um, love, love Austin Reeves. Again, I think he's the perfect thing that, perfect perfect for our team, a great complementary player. Uh, he could probably spell D'Angelo Russell some. He has point guard skills. You know, he runs yeah. the offense very well uh, when they do the pick and roll. He's very, he's, he's very smart with the ball, makes the right decisions. Just, just love, love that player. He's not the most athletic guy in the world.
0: <laughs>
1: but, he's not. <laughs> but love him. But my guy that kind of I'd like to talk about is LeBron James. So LeBron James. Let's
0: talk about him.
1: So LeBron James is what? He's 38 years old going on his 21st season. And I guess for me, sometimes he is my biggest concern for the Lakers because I think we still rely on LeBron way too much that the Anthony Davis never really took. So Anthony Davis is like, like, like the Paul Gasol to Kobe Bryant, right? Great second guy. You don't want him as your first guy. LeBron James he should, at this point of his career, be the second guy, but I don't think AD has it in him to be that. So my thing is, will LeBron James play at the level that we're used to? Because I do, I know he's putting up the numbers, Jim, but sometimes the numbers can be a little bit mis- misleading because maybe he doesn't have the same effort on defense, or there's other parts of the game where he might be giving up more points or or not on some of the other guys. So, so my thing: can LeBron James continue? being the guy for this team? What are, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, you know, I, first of all, I have the utmost respect for LeBron James, his dedication to his craft. Also, to did you know, Gus, that he, next to Ronaldo, Christian Ronaldo, gives the second most to charity of any athlete in the world? He has put over 200 students, needy students through the University of Akron by doing a scholarship. I mean, I have a lot of respect for him as a human being. I know he gets slammed politically because he made some mistakes and badmouth the police and, you know, and the decision, you know, the decision a few years ago when he decided to go to Miami was probably in poor taste. But I admire and respect him so much what he does on and off the court. Now, as far as his basketball goes, I I mean, it's, you know, they are going to, the Lakers, you said they're going to go as far as uh, D-Russ takes them. You know, I think they're going to go as far as LeBron makes everybody else better. Okay. And you're right he is going to have to save himself because he is th- he'll he be 39 years old in a month. And, you know, he's the oldest player in the NBA. And I watched him last night, and he's still explosive downhill. Uh, and he still can hit the three. Uh, but, you know, you got to really worry about a 39-year-old and the rigors of an NBA season wearing him down. And him taking a step back to make AD number one, guys. Those are my thoughts.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm with I'm with you in regards to that. We do have to do some of the watches minutes. I know they don't want to call it load management anymore, but really watch this gentleman's minutes. Put him in there when, uh, for the most crucial time. I think yesterday they probably called called the game you know, maybe Hampton was out of reach and LeBron didn't pass. I think he only played 29 minutes. Um, So they're trying to ramp him up, but I do agree that, that, that he is one of the, he he is, because I do think last year that he was probably running on one and a half legs. You know, I heard he was injured. He never fully recovered, even though he was very productive in the playoffs. Something was missing from his game, right? There was there, there was just a, an extra boost that he normally has that he didn't have there, and I'm just worried that those trends will continue. You know, players don't get healthier as they get older. You know, they tend to so, they 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 go downhill, and 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 I'm hoping it's not a hamstring or or something, but I think that could derail the Lakers' season. I'm hoping that with this depth that we do have we can make up for it, allow these guys to rest more. But so again, this guy is a freak of nature. You know, I don't think he's ever been really seriously injured. You know, since I can remember six, nine, 250 pounds, you know, can run like a track star can jump out of the building, you know, and he's still super athletic that it's it's just one of those things that, you know, time catches up to almost all. I remember Kobe Bryant. I don't know if you remember in 20. Was it 2013 when he busted his Achilles? He was killing the league. He was killing yeah. the league. And then after that, he came back, and he was kind of a shell of himself, I'll tell you the truth, the last probably three years of his career. Um, so just my I, that's my wish for the Lakers is just a healthy LeBron James because I think, uh, look, like, I do think that being healthy, LeBron and AD, that D'Angelo... Will, will be the X factor on this team, but if LeBron or AD get injured, it could be a wrap, man.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it could get ugly fast, you know. But I think that I think you know. So I like the fact, like yesterday, it was Prince that stepped up, mm-hmm. and it could have been Hachimura, it could have been Vanderbilt um Reeves is pretty consistent you know what type of game he's gonna have but you have the all you know you have these wings that I think every you know Vincent, Rui, Reddish you know these these wings I think that one of them is going to step up every game and do really really well you know it's just up to Darvin Ham to be Bobby Fisher with a chess game and figure out who's going to be hot this game, who's going to play, how he integrates all these players, because this is. And I have I have a hundred percent confidence in Darvin Ham and him being able to do this. But you're right. I mean, you know, when you look at virtually any NBA team, you need your two stars healthy during the playoffs, or right. your toast, Gus. You're just toast. You can't do it. So.
1: Right. And looking at, and and I'm looking at the box score, Jim, and it's, it's, it's funny that the only guy, well, the only starter that had a plus for the game was LeBron James. So when he was on the court, he was at a plus seven. Everybody else was in a negative. Well, D'Angelo Russell was plus one, but, but, so that tells you when he's on the court, positive things happen. When he was off the court, some things, but, but I'm with you. I think the, there's a lot of chess pieces that Darvin Ham could use for this particular team, but, um, but definitely we still need LeBron James to be in the mix, right? That he, he does, he does, he does make good things happen. And, um, and yesterday's game, it was, and people are already crucifying Anthony Davis, right? For a second half last night. And um, I think he had zero points. He had zero points in the second half when he had 17 in the first So AD just needs to be, even though he looked like he came out super aggressive, something happens. Like maybe the double teams come and he's, he's so quick to do the right thing that that's what needs to, that his mindset needs to change about that. Like kind of like Shaquille O'Neal or somebody, right?
0: Yeah. It, it does seem like he drifts a little bit now in the second half. It like, it was like, I think Darvin Ham goes, okay, you got to hit the boards harder. So he hit the boards harder because he only had one rebound at, at halftime, and I think he ended up with, what, eight or nine rebounds? So he did hit the, hit the boards hard, but it does seem like he, he, he strays offensively, you know? Um, but, you know, as far as last night goes, let's face it. You know, Denver is, I think, the class of the NBA, and the best player by far in the league, all by himself, is Joker. I mean, you know, Embiid. I mean, he's, I mean, he's he's an excellent player. He's all NBA player, but he's not better than the Joker. You know, Giannis. You know, I mean, a, the freak is an unbelievable NBA player. But he is, in my opinion, he is not better than the Joker. And the Joker is like an octopus out there with those long arms, you know, and he's so strong. And also, too, the way he passes the ball. And, you know, their supporting cast, Murray is tough. You know, KCP, Laker fans know him for a long time. Uh, You know, you have Murray. Murray is an excellent player. Maybe one of the more underrated players in the NBA. And Aaron Gordon is like a freak of athletic freaks. I mean, this is a class team. And, Gus, they were, you know, this is the first game after winning the championship. It was the ring ceremony. It was the home opener. It was sold out. The Lakers weren't going to win this game, Gus.
1: You know what? I, for whatever reason, I thought that the Lakers could sneak in and win just because they were going to be so hyped about getting their rings, and it becomes a huge distraction. And if there's a game, and typically most, well, I know when the Lakers played their their ring ceremony game, I guess they got blown out a couple of years back. That the teams are distracted, but I, I do believe that there is a little bit of a, of a fuel, a, a feud that's growing between the Lakers and Denver. All that, all that back and forth with Malone last year and uh, that I think they really wanted the Lakers and they played that way, you know, so you're right. It was going to be, they're they're playing in altitude. They're playing in Denver. They're playing, like you said, arguably the best team in the NBA, you know, because I will tell you, they swept us last year. They swept, even though people think that it was closer than what it was. I was like, they 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 handled us pretty well last year and, and that Miami afterwards. So I I'm with you. I, I do think that this this Denver Nuggets team probably is positioned to be the best team in the league. If I'll tell you this, that you know, we're talking about the Lakers Boston. That Boston team looks pretty interesting as well. You know, the it East that East has done some things where Boston looks good, Milwaukee looks good uh philadelphia kind of falling apart a little bit um but that boston and, and, and milwaukee teams they look ready man to make a run for it that that Boston team especially adding adding um uh, what is it drew holiday yes that's going to be something special there and then and they yes. got for so let me ask you this if you were guarding the joker how
0: would you guard the joker I don't know. I don't think there is a way to guard him. You know, it was. You know, and, and you know, he has been toiling in obscurity the last four or five years. And Gus, you you know, you look at his stats, and you know, you can see his assists. You can see his rebounds. You can see his points. You can see his shooting percentage, which is you know, he shoots well over fifty percent. What struck me during the playoffs is how strong he is. You know, you don't push him around at all. I mean, it's one thing when you have a statistic machine like he is, you know, the stallion of stats. That's what Joker is. But he is also so strong that you can't move him. You can't outroot him. I mean, what you do, I mean, the, the best way to guard him is, you know, have a front and a back. you got to double team him. But if you do that, they have too many good shooters. I mean, Murray and KCP and even Gordon can get hot. Um, And, you know, I love – you know who else I love on that team is Braun, Christian Braun. I mean, he's like an infusion of energy. He's not a stats – you know, he doesn't stuff the stat board. But, you know, he's he's – getting steals and deflecting balls and getting critical rebounds and getting tip-ins and keeping things alive. He is their energy guy. I just think that, that Denver and also too, Gus is, is, you know, I've been reading the athletic, I've been reading ESPN, you know, who are the teams to beat this year? And Denver's not getting any respect. Their ranked third in just about every single poll, which is going to fuel their their motivation because people like Milwaukee with the addition of, of Lillard, and they also like Porzingis and True Holiday going to Boston, and I can understand that. So Denver is really, really motivated this year, Gus.
1: No, I, look, I, I'm with you. They're they're the class of the NBA, and I and I'm kind of thinking to myself, what who could guard this guy? Because you're right, Anthony Davis. He looked like a child behind the Joker when he backed him in, and he would do this this little layup, little little finger rolls into the rim. He just backed these guys in, and and I'm looking at the Laker roster. We really don't have anybody that can guard this guy. I know maybe we should have kept Zubac couple of years ago I think I think maybe we need a big strong guy that can at least force him to take threes or something even then he makes them you know but the other teams like Boston and maybe maybe the Milwaukee with the with the Lopez brothers you know maybe maybe someone needs to get at least maybe you got to take something away right maybe take away the but you're right this guy's like a like a bull he, he just like Puts his back in, uh, just just pushes these guys down to the basket and puts them in the cup. But um, I do think that it's going to be the Joker's league probably for the next two to three years. You know, and I think he's I do. Like 28 years old.
0: That's crazy I, I, about it. <clears throat> I do too. I absolutely think he's the best player in the NBA, and I know that people get fatigued. I mean, you remember when Charles Barkley. Was MVP sometime in the early to mid '90s, and it should have been Michael Jordan, but they had Michael Jordan fatigue, so they put in, you know, they put in, uh, they put in Charles Barkley. I mean, he was an MVP. He was a great player. And by the way, I love those guys, um, Kenny the Jet, Shaquille, Ernie Johnson, on the, you know, the on the NBA wrap-up show. That's the funniest show on television, Gus. I mean it's funnier than any sitcom right now. And I just love that show. But I I don't see anybody guarding um, I don't see anybody guarding the Joker unless you commit to a double team and then you're gonna give up the three. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple.
1: Yeah, the guy that and the guy's such a pinpoint passer that, that's 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 what makes him he's basically Magic Johnson from the center position, you know, because you're right. You double him, he'll find the open guy. If you don't double him, he could post anybody up. He, he has the, look, put it this way. He's probably the most unathletic MVP we've had since probably Larry Bird. You know what I mean? Probably. When you think about it, Uh you know, that Larry Bird, it's very similar, not super fast, couldn't jump very high and similar thing, but good as hell. You know, it's it's funny We're in a league where where we have guys like Giannis and and Wimbayama and LeBron and KD, super freaks of nature, where there's guys like Luca and the Joker that are doing damage to the league, right?
0: It is. It is. It
1: makes guys it, like uh, us feel pretty good.
0: It, uh, <laughs> if I was only seven-one, Gus, I would have been <laughs> hell in the NBA. <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, it's also too. Is if you compare, say, Luca's uh, Luca or or Joker's game to like Giannis or Embiid that you know that rely on explosiveness, those players are going to get hurt, you know. Whereas the Joker, you know, he I mean he's just got these array the footwork that you know it's it's his effectiveness is absolutely not commensurate with his explosive, his lack of, let I me mean, let me rephrase that. His lack of explosiveness, his lack of athleticism does not affect him at all. And it will probably make him less prone to injury over time. What are your thoughts?
1: No, I, I agree that the guy, the guy already plays slow. He's not an above the rim type of guy his game is built, his game, his game is built to last, you know? So, um, I would say like, for example, like a John Morant. he's, he's spectacular. He's above the rim. He's dunking on everything, but all it takes is a couple of knee injuries and and that's it. Their career is over. They lose, they lose what made him special. A guy like Joker, he's always going to be able to pass. He's always going to be seven foot one, 280 pounds or whatever. Um, it's he's he is going to be a problem. I think what may derail a guy like that. I'm not wishing it on anybody. Is is going to be an injury, you know, something like a like a foot injury or something like Yao Ming or or or, or something like that, or or maybe his passion to play, because it, to me it almost appears that he he's interested in other things more than basketball, and I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Joker called it quits like at 32 or something you know, that he's like, you know what, I'm going to go race horses. Dude, I already won X amount of championships. I'm kind of done with this, you know, but, but on the court, I think that it's going to be his league. Well, let me ask you I, this. The new guy, the new guy went by Yama. What are your thoughts on that guy?
0: Well, I mean, it's interesting because I do a, another NBA podcast with a guy named Super Dave. And Super Dave is wondering if he is going to be a transformational player or if he's going to be like Ralph Sampson. You know, Ralph Sampson had some good years and was a, you know, a very good to excellent player, but he wasn't transformational. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares in the rigors of NBA basketball. I'm not I am not willing to anoint him after seeing what I've seen. He's awfully frail looking and he reminds me a lot, Gus, of Ralph Sampson. And Ralph Sampson came out when in the in the early early to mid eighties. And had a decent NBA career, but it was derailed for injury. Also, too, Yao Ming with his foot. So I wonder about his durability. I mean, he's got all the other, you know, attributes. He can shoot. He can block shots. But we'll see. You know, this is grown men. And they're going to be leaning on him. And he's going to have a big target on his back. So I've got some skepticism about how he is, about his health and how he's going to endure. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know what? And so I've been watching this kid pretty closely. And initially his his, um, summer league debut, I wasn't that impressed. I was like, you know what? He looks like uh, he's still trying to figure out his body. He looked a little clumsy out there. I think he might weigh 200 pounds. He's too skinny. And uh, grown men are going to, Abuse this guy. And like you said, somebody's going to break him. You know, somebody's going to break him. Uh, similar to the kid from Oklahoma last year. I think LeBron James collided with him and <laughs> he was out the whole season. Chef because... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I see something similar with this guy. Somebody's going to fall on one of those skinny legs and, and he's out the season or something. But as I've watched him more and more and more, this guy is fluid. You know, it's yes. like, wow, he could run. He could run like, because I was, because I remember Samson as well. And I go, he has the height of Samson, but Samson was kind of um, a lumbering big. Well, at least that's what I remember of him. I know that he played next to Olajuwon on the Rockets, the Twin Towers. And um, I think he was from Virginia. And stud of a guy, to me, when I look at at Yama, he looks like, physique-wise, like a young Lew Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at UCLA, because that's kind of how you, when you first started UCLA, he looks slim like that, but he could run like David Robinson and freaking, he has some of like, like Kevin Durant moves that I'm like, I've never seen that combination. You know, it's like, wow, because if he, like, I'm not putting him on Kevin Durant yet because Kevin Durant's a deadly three-point shooter. (laughs) but sometimes you see this guy and you're like it's going to be special you know it's uh, tonight's game i can't wait to see it this dude is blocking guys three pointers from the from the free throw line he's i think he's 8 foot wingspan but at the same time it's i need to see it for a couple of years because you're right you know these big men tend to always have some type of foot issue or something and it'll be a couple of years before i make making my full decision, but I'm liking what I see, man. I think this guy, Jim, if he stays healthy, can probably take San Antonio to the playoffs, now.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> there is no question about it, about his skill level, you know, and his quickness and his athleticism. It all comes down to, you know, for me, strength. And I have to tell you, and I'm letting my prejudice, <laughs> um, you know, you, you rule my – I would be rooting for him if he was playing for anybody but Pop, Popovich. I can't stand that guy. You know, he's <laughs> he's surly. He's a jerk. He's defensive. He reminds me so much of Bill Belichick. And you know what I mean. He was an excellent coach, Gus. You know when he had, you know when he was loaded, when he had a ton of players. I mean, they had such a good team, and yeah, anybody could coach it when, you know, you had Ginobili and Duncan, and who else did they have? Um, Parker. Tony Parker. Yeah, Tony Parker. They, I mean, they, they had a lot of really good players, and they had themselves a dynasty, but I'm telling you, I do not like Popovich's attitude. I'm sorry that Webb and Yama went there, so... Anyways, we'll see what happens. But you're right. If he stays healthy, they can, um, you know, they're a potential playoff team, Gus.
1: Yeah. The, I, I look at the guy as potentially like a defensive player of the year candidate this year, just with his length and he's catching. And, and look, I, I'm with you too. I'm a Laker fan, and San Antonio got in our way many years, and Pop could <laughs> be rude. But I do think that that he is – well, he's been blessed, right, to just inherit big men. You know, he had David Robinson and Tim Duncan and now yeah. this guy. They're like, man, what what is he doing to be so blessed? And and I don't think he's coaching that many – he doesn't have that many years left to coach. Probably – who knows? I think he's in his 70s at this point. But, but I do think that it might – for a young player – that needs a little bit of discipline and some training, and and it was funny that I think when they did the draft, I forget what team had the chance to get him that he didn't want to go there, and he's like, uh, I think it might have been Houston or something, and he was like, Oh man, I'm so happy I'm not going to Houston. <laughs> so, so he really did want to go to San Antonio, um, but I do think that that again, this this is going to be a learning year for that kid, but I'm eagerly I'm. Hopefully he does become something, man. Because that—if he does become Kevin Durant at 7'4", the league's over, man.
0: <laughs> he
1: might I be just, the guy that he might be the guy that beats Joker, you know. Yeah, is, I it's, mean,
0: the, the, it's, the, the thing is, is that you know, I don't see in sight American-born um, MVP candidate. For like the next five years, because I think Joker's going to run it out. Webb and Yama, you know, then they got Embiid and you got Yeah, you got Giannis. I mean, what happened to the good old US of A when it comes to basketball? You know, I mean, is Tatum our best player now?
1: I would say yes. Probably, huh? Yes, Tatum. Yeah, Tatum. And what happened to the the best like white guy? Who's the best? Probably Austin Reeves now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, and uh, you know, you're uh you're Mexican American.
1: there are there any Mexican Americans in the league? You know, it's funny you say that. I was looking at the, the FIBA schedule yesterday to see if there was any, and no, there, there there was there was none. I think the closest thing that we had was um Oh, the kid that uh, Toscano, Juan Toscano from, um, he played on the Lakers last year. He was, he's half Mexican. He oh, played, yeah. He played, for, he played for the Warriors. And, uh, uh, but but I think what I, there was Yamas and there was uh, the kid that played for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Nahara. So we had Nahara. Yeah, and he's actually pretty good, but nobody right now, it's not, we're, sometimes we're not tall enough to, to play with the big boys. But it's funny because I, I was looking at several of the teams and there was a lot of teams out there that did not have any NBA guys. You know, there was like like teams from Iran and teams from – from uh, I think Greece had Fannis Atentokounmpo. I think he was the only guy. But some of them made pretty deep runs even without NBA talent.
0: You're like, wow. You, you know? know who's, you know who's going to be good, Gus, who I think is going to do really well for Miami is Vasquez, Jaime Vasquez Jr. For um, he played UCLA last couple of years. I think he's, you know, he is a tough grinded out, you know, player that does the dirty work. He's, you know, and I think that with watching Jimmy Butler for a couple of years, you know, who's roughly the same size, roughly the same, um, you know, the disposition I think that he could be your big break when it comes to Mexican Americans. I think he's going to do well and see some significant time in Miami this year, Gus. So I think he's your big so. hope.
1: I, I hope so too, because you're right. That at UCLA, he played he played well. He was a, one of the fa- one of the fan favorites, and given there's a big uh, Cuban community in Miami, they'll probably embrace. They'll they'll embrace embrace him. But I will tell you this: that I've seen a lot of those guys from college that were like the hype guys. They don't survive sometimes much in the NBA.
0: You know, it's (laughs) you know, it is the most exclusive league in the world, considering how many people, you know, how many people play, and you know, how many people make the NBA. I mean, you can play in college, right? You can play a full like a power five school like. Alabama or you know or in the Big Ten and you're gonna three in in all of your games you play 30 games you're gonna see maybe four or five NBA players in your entire schedule I mean that's how hard it is to get into the NBA right now Gus
1: oh I think what is it 450 jobs or or something ridiculous and thousands and thousands of people that play D1 basketball or professionals overseas and it's just it's like one percent of or not even one percent it's like point 0.1% you yeah. know of the of the pool make it to the M to the NBA so it tells you how special these guys are you know <laughs> it was, it was- how about Bronny James? Do you think bro so Tell me about Bronny. What do you think is going to happen with Bronny James, man?
0: I don't know. I mean, he's 6'2", right? He's – you know, he's I, – I don't I, – I have – I don't think he's going to be an NBA player. You know, just from what I've read, he was a four-star coming out of high school. Um, he's playing at USC. I know he had a heart problem. I You know, I, 6'2", is just too short unless you're, you know, John Morant or, you know, Gabe Vincent or explosively quick. I haven't seen him, but I'm very skeptical, Gus. How about you?
1: I I'm with you there as well, that I know that he has his father's name. Um, but people try to make the comparison like they're equal players except one's 69 and one's 62 or 63 and I think what made LeBron James special was that he was 6'9. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't I don't think we would have followed him as closely if he was 6'2 or 6'3 unless he was like John ja, John ja Morant. And I don't know. It's it's one of those things that you could see it right away. You know, that's like I am not saying that maybe he won't be a nice guard, you know, somewhere. Uh, but not a superstar. I I I see him potentially maybe getting a tryout for somebody, maybe being on someone's bench just because he's LeBron James' son or, or playing in the G League. But I'm not seeing superstar yet, you know?
0: No, I don't. Yeah. So,
1: so the one that surprised me is the other son, Bryce. You know, he, he actually is a lot taller. He's a lot taller. Um, and, and it's funny, sometimes the, the younger sibling ends up being the, 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 the good one. You know, look at the Ball Brothers.
0: Yes.
1: You know, yes. <laughs> you know yes. Was the Beast, and then the, the, the little one is the one that's making hay. Look at the, the William sisters, right? That, yeah. Uh, Serena <laughs> ended up becoming the Beast. You know, I remember when when Venus was the talk of a town, and the little sister was just watching, and the little one. So it's, it's, it's interesting how that happens sometimes,
0: right? It does. Well, Gus, we have been on for 57 minutes, and the time has flown by, and I love catching up with you in basketball. This is like when we work together. So when you're on the Who Gives a Shit file, and now that you're officially the Laker consultant to the Who Gives a Shit file, and by the way, I want to thank the audience for everybody who listens. I really appreciate it. Gus, you get the last word you could talk about anything you want to regarding the Lakers or basketball, maybe your predictions of who's going to do great, who's not going to do great, how well the Lakers are going to, how far they're going to advance. So in summation, what would you like to say?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I hope I could uh, participate in the future as as the season kind of, develops and we get to see more that we have periodic conversations on how, how, how the year is going. So I look forward to that. Um, for this particular, so I am looking forward for the 23, 24 season. I do think LeBron James window of winning a championship is, he might have one or two years left and it'd be great for it to be this year. We need to figure out the whole, we need to figure out how to guard the damn joker. And I think we'll do okay in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but even then, I do see either Milwaukee or. or wouldn't it be great, Jim, if we could see the Celtics and the Lakers in the finals? Oh, uh, oh, uh, that uh, would be awesome, and it could happen, and it could, and it could happen. Like but it's a long season, and that's my goal. Is I would like us to get that 18th championship, right? So we need we need one more than the Celtics. And it's funny because they're we're both good this year, right? We're both good this year, and oh, I'd be so mad if the Boston pulled it off this year. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So we no. got to go for 18. That that's going to be my final word. Is this is going to be the year for 18? We have a whole season to figure out the Joker, because I do think that Denver they are um, they're lacking depth, so their bench is depleted, and in the playoffs those type of things kind of come out, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: So Gus, thank you so much for joining. I've been trying to get you on the who gives a shit files for a couple of years now. And you finally joined us. I want to thank the audience and everybody have a great day.
1: Take care all. Thank
0: you.